The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know in the original Game of Thrones books, The Song of Ice and Fire, the sigil of House Stark was a dire armadillo, not a dire wolf. They changed it when they adapted it to a show because they couldn't get the rights to armadillo. <laughs> Armadillos are extremely litigious. <laughs> yes. All right. For more armadillo-related facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. And we're going to add a mailbag segment to this show. So if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on air or on bits, uh, I don't know what you say now, and please send them in to hello at the dragonreread.com or send them in on Twitter or Facebook. And uh, yeah. if you have any comments or anything you'd want us to talk about, let us know. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're talking about chapters 7 through 9 of Path of Daggers, book 8 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, NDA arrived at the farm, not to be confused with the other farm, which is where all the male Chandlers hang out, but this is a different farm. I where... think it was called The Ranch. Is it The Ranch? They called, they called The Bunny Ranch? I, I think that's, a, I mean, <laughs> they eventually called it the Black Tower, but I think it went through a couple of different name revisions. They did the farm, then the Bunny Ranch, and they changed it really fast when they Googled the Bunny Ranch and found out what that was. And now it's, now it's the Black Tower, I think. Right, yeah, because Rand gave them the new uniforms and they kept ripping them off. That's right. Too sexy. Just too sexy. Uh, so they arrived at the farm where they received a less than pleasant welcome, uh, much less pleasant than they expected, which, if you think about it, is kind of another theme of NDA's overall experience. People are just never as into NDA as NDA is into NDA, if that makes sense. <laughs> After quelling the panic by sending a bunch of sword-waving warders to hunt down the runners, they finally get to this whole magic with the bucket of winds or whatever. Uh, as far as we can tell, everything goes fine. But then the Sean Chan arrive and they're like, okay, so you know how you were panicking before we told you to stop? Now you should probably panic. All that running around you're doing, do that again. So they just hightail it out. And uh, there's a super dramatic escape where Elaine tries to unweave a portal like Avienda did. But it turns out it's way harder than she made it look. Elaine totally horks it and nukes everything in the area, including the farm, a bunch of Sean Chan, and possibly an Aes Sedai that they left behind as lookout. And forgot about. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hashtag where is Carrie Ann? <laughs> Never heard from again. <laughs> and that's it. Right. Chapter seven. A goat pen. Icon of wait, what is oh wolf, sorry. It looked like W O H my handwriting. So Perrin is there. Uh it's Perrin. Yeah. I know. He, I miss Perrin. Yeah, hello, Perrin. <laughs> yeah. He's observing Bethel, a town in Galden, where Aleandra the Queen is. I want to point out that in the literally the first paragraph of this chapter, we have a blacksmith metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels just like home. <laughs> he's looking at the town, but he's thinking about blacksmith stuff. <laughs> you hammer the iron that lays on your anvil instead of daydreaming about working silver. It's like, okay, Perrin, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> and uh, I, I get, blacksmiths just have a lot of sayings for stuff, right? A blacksmith has a comprehensive understanding of matters. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and blacksmithing is like really a limitless... Uh, font of metaphor you know yeah and so he is deciding between uh the various his various options of who to send to meet with aliandri 
because he doesn't want to go himself because probably some blacksmith who's obviously a blacksmith couldn't get in to see her. Right. Uh, and he ends up deciding on Barrelane, which offends Fail. Hey, yeah, you know what I super didn't miss is this whole like Fail Perrin awful relationship oh, thing. Oh man, she's she's really at her worst right now. Yeah, it just like kicks right off. And and Perrin's like rationalizing it and it's just like, oh, it makes me roll my eyes. But you know, it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. Uh, and then on their way back to the camp, Perrin rescues some people from Dragonsworn uh, raiders, like ear cutters, and it's Morgase and crew. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, top under hijinks, right? An assumed name, just Morgase. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess I, <laughs> I mean, is Morgase just a name that nobody else has? Could be just another person named Morgase. Right? We have not run into another person named Morgase. You know what? This is interesting, right? So we've at this point we've met probably like two hundred different characters, right? And yeah. not a single double name. Yeah, right. That wheel weaves, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but you know, I mean, it, it, it's it's pretty funny because Perrin's talking about through all this about how he's trying to keep a low profile. They're like hiding up off in the the woods so that nobody sees them. He's like, I don't, you know, it's possible someone's seen us, but. I'm thinking I'm doing a pretty good job of keeping it secret. But then when he's doing this like rescue thing, he's like, and I'm sent by the dragon reborn. Tell him who sent you. Wait, hold on. Wait, what? (laughs) Be cool. Yeah. Be cool. Yeah. But it's because justice compels him. uh, Because these dragon swords want to cut the ears off of uh, Morgase and her crew. And so he threatens them. And they also like, just to be a little bit less subtle, he has the wise ones do a bunch of fireworks in the sky to scare the shit out of them. In case you thought maybe I, I was like, you know, bullshitting. No, I, I'm someone yeah. who has a bunch of wizards with me. I'm just probably... on the off chance that like in a week you would have forgotten about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he, uh, he definitely lights it up, doesn't he? So let, let's talk about this, though, because Morgays or Megden, Megan, but Meg- with a D, I guess. Megden, Megden, yeah, Megden. Well, we'll assume that's a real name and not a name she just made up because she thought it sounded. Hi, cool. I'm Megden. It says she's a good ten years older than Perrin. Yeah, but yeah, Perrin's in his early twenties, so she's in her early thirties. But Elaine, or maybe she so, just looks really young. So they talk about this actually. Morgaze is significantly older than she looks, and it's because of her. I believe they mentioned it's because she has a limited amount of channeling ability, which slows her aging when do they talk oh. about that i don't remember that at all a, a few books back i mean it was it's, it's mentioned in passing it's yeah, not know, a thing that i know they talk about how she's like young and pretty like a lot like every man that ever looks at her thinks wow she's pretty no no but no don't she's they think she's like ages. she's more than pretty she's like pretty that's been ripened through maturity into beautiful or something <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point, right that's yeah. i mean that's what that means is she's pretty and she knows what to do in the sack <laughs> <laughs> You know, she's a hot chick who's been around a few, a few times, so she knows. Okay. She knows. Well, then that makes yeah. sense, because I was also <laughs> thinking back, too, and I was like, she was with Tom, like, a long time ago, and, Tom, and Tom's yeah. no spring chicken. But Yeah, but he was a lot older than her. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think so, that they, like, I think Robert Jordan is brushing past that pretty quickly, because those numbers are a little off. You know, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think she's, we don't, I don't think we know how old she is, and if we do, it's not like a... a a central point, but I, I think it is implied that she is older than she appears. So he yeah. might estimate that she's 10 years older than him, but she might be more. Yeah. She's, she has to be because, um, Galad is like in his twenties. 
That's true. Well, maybe she had Glide when she was like, you know, 12 or something. I don't know. Yeah, like royal marriage, right? <laughs> That's right. These but no, because but that was after she had like won the War of Succession and destroyed all her enemies. She was pretty young when that happened, though, I believe, right? Yeah, but how young could you possibly be to win a War of Succession? Yeah, that's true. Probably at least in the teens. Anyway, Morghese is hot. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's the takeaway here. And Uh, and Morghese and her team join up with Perrin. Uh, They they notice how the Aiel are thoroughly humiliating the Aes Sedai at every chance they get. True. Yeah, there's a there's a whole thing where uh, what the Aes Sedai that's traveling with them has a scarf stuffed in her mouth because she's not supposed to talk or something like that. Yeah, like I I keep kept thinking, what kind of diplomatic message is this? This is gonna freak everybody out. It freaks out all the wetlanders who are around. Yeah, because Aes Sedai are are universally feared, and we talked about this before. Aes Sedai are about as close as you get to a priesthood in in this world, right? So it's like if if you're a I don't know, Catholic and someone's rolling around with a bishop who's tied up and who's like, you know, hogtied or something like that. That's going to freak you out a little bit, right? I don't think that the that the Aiel are real good at messaging, though. I think they tend to <laughs> only have true. one message ever. It's true, yeah. Yeah. And it's spear in the guts. Yeah. Do, do, do Aiel even have a concept of diplomacy? I don't think they do, right? Yeah, they don't, they don't have diplomats. They don't really do that. I mean, they, they have like water oaths and they have this like tough guy desert diplomacy thing they do with each other. True. So, chapter eight, A Simple Country Woman, The Lion of Andor is the In icon. case you were curious about who the title was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Meg did? More yeah. days? So Perrin leads them back to his camp with his, his three groups of uh, followers. And uh, Morghese is immediately offended by Lord Perrin's standards, the Manetheran banner and the wolf banner. And... I was disappointed in Perrin that he does not see through this crap. I was because, thinking the exact same thing. Because Morghese, is, they, they always talk about how she's a master player of the Game of Thrones, but she's like so obvious that she is not who she says she is, that none of these people are who they say they are. And Perrin yeah, keeps she, making these rationalizations. Oh, she must like, be like an uppity ladies maid or something. She's like beautiful. She, but like the first know, thing she says is like, how dare you raise your standard against the rightful queen of Endor? <laughs> yeah, and he, he even points out, hey, she looks kind of like Elaine, and she's super passionate about the ascension of the throne of Andor, and she knows all this stuff a peasant should know, like what an eye, eye looks like, and like who the, you know, like all these like little things, and he's just like, eh, it's probably nothing. And oh, oh yeah, she's hanging out with Basil Gill too. Oh, exactly. It's not as obtuse as when uh, Celine slash Lanfear with Rand, but um, this comes <laughs> a close second. True. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Kyrian and librarian. The Kyrian and librarian. <laughs> Man, she just knows about so much stuff. Oh, they must have really good libraries in Kyrian. <laughs> a parent does recognize Basil Gill and Lamguin. True. And Basil Gill is like freaking out, like, "Oh crap, he's going to recognize me." And Parent does, and it doesn't matter because he doesn't put two and two together. No. <laughs> And, he, and it's funny because he he takes Basil. He's like, "Hey, can I have a word with you off to the side?" And Basil goes like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck." He's gonna. He knows something. And Perrin's like, "So how you been? How's the end going?" And, and Basil <laughs> goes like, "Fine, <laughs> yeah, no, everything's great." And Lenny Lenny kind of runs out there because she's like, "Oh, he's not gonna be able to handle this." And Lenny's like, "Oh no, it's 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 fine, I guess." Yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> you know, these chapters kind of spend a lot of time discussing how whether or not Perrin is actually dumb. And Robert Jordan kind of comes down to the side of he isn't actually. He's just yeah, right. slower. Yeah, they, ex- 
but he's just dumb. Yeah, this is just dumb. I know. Like that, I mean, maybe not to guess that this is Morghese, the missing queen of Andor that he thinks is dead, but definitely that there's something up with these people. They're not who they say they are. Yeah. Honestly, though, like, I, I don't think it would be unreasonable for him to figure it because he has all of the pieces, right? There's no, there's no like gap in knowledge here. Like he, I guess he hasn't actually seen more gays before though. Other people that he rolls around with has, but again, he's hung around a lot with Elaine and she looks a lot like Elaine. That's not hard math, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really silly. Uh, but I guess it's, we need to have this drama of more gays, you know, having to swallow her pride and so forth. Yeah, but but Lenny also makes a request which like had me you know a little confused. Where he's he's asking Perrin to force more gays, sorry, Megden to marry Talonvor. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. what? Well, and I then Fael gets really gross about it too because she's like, oh yeah, I want to marry off all my servants. It's good for them, causes stability or whatever. But like, yeah, whoa, 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 like. Like, Fael at least should know that Perrin is not going to be okay with that. Yeah. Plus, that's I, just super weird to me. I guess in, in, in feudal times, it wasn't unusual for a lord to, like, marry off their, their uh, what do you call them? Well, um, it feels out of place because, like, like nobility, the, the peasants that live on the land are the property of the lord in a feudal system. Right. And they can do whatever they want with them, you know, like, brick them up in their walls, <laughs> whatever they want to do. They can marry them off, but the two rivers folk in particular, and most of the peasants that we've met, aren't really like classic peasants. They all they're sort of like free marketeers, right? They're all they're they're all entrepreneurs that run their own farms or whatever. Yeah, yeah there aren't true. any like actual peasants. Uh, I mean, there's some in like Tyr, but in Andor, that's just not a thing, and in Saldea, it doesn't seem to be a thing. So yeah. it's weird. It's like out of place in this context. I think. Yeah, it, it, when my first impression when when she said that was like, can they even do that? Can Perrin do that? And I, and I, that's when I kind of thought about it. I was like, well, I, I guess technically depending on the system they're under, but you know, it, it, it's uh it struck me as pretty strange. Um, yeah. The characterization of Perrin and Fael in these chapters was interesting because there was a lot of like, is Perrin dumb? Well, he's not actually, but you know, he's acting dumb. Then with Fael, there's, there was this weird, you know, oh, Perrin's thinking like, oh, she's really experienced and she has all this like political background and everything. She knows what she's doing. But then we see her and we're like, she doesn't really seem much like she knows what she's doing. Yeah, I was thinking this whole chapter or the first part of this chapter, like, okay, they're they're snowing Perrin, but Fael's going to see right through this. Right. And then, she, and then she doesn't. I mean, it's conceivable that Fael has actually had some interaction with Morghese, right? Because of her... Her uh, political upbringing. Or I mean, right? I guess she hasn't though. Yeah, I guess yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah, but, and and Morghese doesn't really. Re- I mean, she she doesn't realize who Fael actually is because she just thinks about her as some like some silly girl who is like a minor minor noble or something like that. I think mm-hmm. like a lady, yeah. but not you know the heir apparent to the throne of Saldia. I, so, I, I, think I think technically she, she is sort of a minor noble, noble but, but the, the fact, fact that she is the heir is kind of like a coincidence, like kind of a weird circumstance. circumstance. Sure. Yeah, I, Maybe think not. She's, I, don't know. I think she's, I would say she's a major noble, right? I mean, you she's the, the daughter of Bashir, who's like the, the second biggest Tenobia. noble, right? Yeah. yeah. He's he's second in command after Tenobius. Yeah, right. Yeah, That's he's true. a big like, deal. I'm surprised that Morghese didn't know her, though, because Morghese seems like she's all, like the sort of person who really kind of has her pulse on what's going on across across the world in terms of like rulers and stuff like that. Yeah, it seems but, like the sort of thing she'd know. 
She's not okay, using well, her given name for one. I was going to say, yeah. No, that's a good oh, point. Oh, like, that's a good point. Yeah, that's if right. If she's using her real name, Margay's probably knows her name by for that for the reason you mentioned, Alice. But like because she's using a, a file to Bashara or Ibarra. Yeah. Yeah. So setting aside the weirdness of the marriage thing, I really think Morgays and Talonvor should get married because they need to rub this thing out. <laughs> I wrote down exactly the same thing. I was like, I was like by the end of this chapter, I was like, okay, all right, hold on. Linny's actually kind of right. Cause they, they really need to bang this out. Cause like, this is, this is getting silly, right? Yeah. Like I can just imagine Linny's like been on the road with these hormone sacks for like, for, like weeks. <laughs> and she's like, Oh my God, come on. No, please, literally, come on. Somebody come <laughs> on somebody else because this is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's gross. Can you imagine rolling around? And, and they and they just, they won't seal the deal, right? Like, they're sitting, they're, like, staring at each other, like, with all these, like, sultry looks and, like, oh, no, I can't. Oh, no, I'm I'm a queen or whatever. And it's like, dude, just, just fucking fuck it out. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Fail takes them all into her service as her household servants. Yeah. And uh, so Fayil's got some like side game going, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, her and Perrin are kind of trying to find Masima. Right. Fayil has her, uh, is there a name for these people? The the Kyrian and Ail wannabes? Attendants or. Um, There's a name for her like, group though, isn't there? Yeah. The, the, the Cha Fayil. Yeah. Yeah. The Falcon Talon. Talon. Yeah, that's a pretty good name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good name that a bunch of like high schoolers would come up with, you know. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. And uh yeah, so she she sent some of them into the town that they were surveilling to get the lay of the land and and she has a plan for something that they might have to do. Yeah, it's it's not she's only kind of like lightly alluding to things. It's another one of those like mystery plans, but it sounds like there's something to do with like a cart. She's asking like, "Oh, they don't search carts coming out." So what I was putting together is that they are going to abduct Queen Aleandre. That seems because, like a bad because idea. Because the info we got <laughs> is that she likes to walk around by herself and the streets are mostly empty and they don't check the carts coming out. And, You're but probably I, right. I don't know why. I guess the other piece of evidence is that Fayil's kind of crazy. <laughs> She like Berylaine got sent in, and Fayil was like, "Well, fuck that! I want to talk to her first, so I'm going to kidnap her." So Berylaine can't talk to her, right? Like, yeah, it she, might literally be that. <laughs> that would not uh, be out of character for Fayil. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why she would do that. It's just that seems to be what she's planning. Yeah, that's a that's that's a, a little a little wild, and and like it it probably could work, right? I mean, for the reasons you listed, Jeff, this seems like a plan that could actually. Yeah, but but it could be a really why? like negative diplomatic experience for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. Why? Uh, but uh, that's just my supposition. Uh, so then we yeah. get a a bit of smoldering romance from Morgase and Talonvor. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he comes There's a lot to of her like quivering and like shirt off, sexy voices and stuff. And he's like, just say the word go and I'll go. And she can't bring herself to say it. Light, why can't she say it? And then he's <laughs> like, I wouldn't actually go. <laughs> I wasn't going to leave. Come on, Talonvor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's ridiculous. There's yeah, a, um, except they, the, the one thing they agree on is that they both completely distrust Perrin. Which is a, a poor read on their part, because Perrin is probably the most trustworthy of all of the people that we've met in this I book. I mean, what you see yeah. is what you get with Perrin. 
Yeah, he is literally the most trustworthy person in the 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 main group, right? Yeah, right. I mean, you take a look at Perrin and you're like, he looks like a blacksmith, but there's something wolfy about him, and that's 100 percent accurate. <laughs> <laughs> He's simple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I this whole chapter, people were just not putting two and two together and just jumping to the wrong conclusion and not communicating. It feels farcical, honestly. Yeah, Talonvor says something like, oh, you heard him say he was going to hang anyone who looked at him funny. And it's like, yeah, but like, out of, that's pretty out of context. In that did, context. Yeah, right. And he was scared. <laughs> yeah. He was mad at that guy for collecting ears, right? This is a, this is important part of the scene. Yeah. He, that, he didn't say he was going to kill anybody who looks at him funny. He said he was going to kill anybody who who, who, mess, who collects ears. Anyway. I, I think he, he I think he got carried away. Like, uh, he said something. What do you, oh, man, I can't even remember now. That was two chapters ago. Let's see. Uh, I'm Paranibar and your precious Lord Dragon sent me. You spread the word. He sent me and if I find a man with trophies, he hangs. If I find a man burning a farm, he hangs. If one of you looks at me cross-eyed, he hangs. Right, he said one of you, the Dragon Sworn. Yeah, true. And he really hates it when people cross their eyes, apparently. Yeah, right, yeah. Maybe we just don't know that about Perrin, but it really pisses him off. He has a phobia about eye crossing. He can't help it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I guess I guess if you ignore the rest of that circumstance, maybe you could be like, oh, he's like real, he's real, like real into hanging people. But I mean, yeah, it's, it, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I feel like it doesn't. The, it's a contrivance. The plot just needs these people to misunderstand each other because they're all on the same side. Yeah, no, the, this is like the best thing that's happened to Morgays in a really long time, right? Yeah. Meeting up with Perrin could be the way that she gets to see Elaine again. It could be the way she like is able to, you know, have safe safe conduct back to Andor. But. Yeah, and it, and like on top of all that, Basil Gill and Lamguin know Perrin, and they know Perrin's crew. Like they 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 know that he's not a psycho or like a bad person, right? At the very least, they know that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Isn't Basil Gill like the most trustworthy man in Rainland, except for Perrin? Right, yeah, the the fat innkeeper with the clean apron. Yeah, that's right. Who helped him escape in the night and like facing dark friends and stuff like that. He's 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 like he's helped them out. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, there's one thing that I wanted to talk about here that's like kind of a side thing. So, at the very beginning of this chapter, Perrin's talking about logistics, right? And something random occurred to me. I f- the fatal flaw with this idea of teleporting armies around is that you never have supply lines. Right, because he was talking about feeding his army, and and like he was just talking numbers, and I was like, man, that's a lot of resources. How do you normally do this? Oh, you normally have like a a chain of wagons following you for miles, right? Yeah, 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 for a long way. So if you're teleporting armies around, you don't have that. So I guess parents just having yeah. to buy stuff. Yeah, that means that this whole like travel incognito plan was bunk in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless they were using people? the, they could use the Ashaman to make gateways to go get supplies. But they're not doing that. Yeah, because because they can't do that because uh, Rand is... Uh, the story is that Rand has banished them, right? So they can't be sending people back and forth getting supplies. Yeah, they would... could go like to other random places and, and buy supplies from other people. That's a good not point. Not necessarily Rand, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. just it, It's an interesting thing to think about logistics for moving these these things around this way. You know, like... like um, what is it the the small council the the small tower whatever it's called their their group is doing it the traditional way they're walking across the countryside and collecting yeah. things as they go but uh, for Perrin that's not the not the case yeah yeah it's the, like the saying goes an army travels on its stomach yeah exactly exactly 
expensive defeat soldiers. And uh, chapter nine, Tangles, Icon of the Wheel of Time. Uh, so Baron is going to check on all of his troops variously. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff about the banners and how they call him Lord Perrin, even though he tells him not to. I guess these people are all morning people. Like he's got a, an army full of morning people. Yeah, because he gets up before first light and still like everybody's getting up, even though they're not even moving. Yeah, he's got a, I guess he's got a lot of farmers with him and farmers tend to be like early risers. Yeah, uh, I thought that I thought the chapter was a little weird. All this servant stuff with Perrin, because he keeps telling all these people who he knows personally not to call him Lord Perrin, but they keep calling him Lord Perrin. And the implication is that, like, they want him to be a lord. They feel more comfortable with him being a lord. Yeah. Like a, you know, a superhuman with more rights than them. Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't make much sense to me that they would all of a sudden be unable to think of him as anything else, despite having known him for literally his entire life, right? Yeah, plus yeah. they're always going on and on about how the Minethrin people, like, they don't, they don't recognize any rulers so yeah yeah the good two river stock mm-hmm. uh, I, maybe it's supposed to be a taveran thing yeah. that's the only conclusion i could come to well they did that with that lord luke guy too though remember oh yeah that's yeah. true and and also like the mayaners who are not from the two rivers and have no reason to respect perrin because most of them weren't at dumai's wells right yeah then, like, why do they all? Why are they all super happy when Perrin gives them like a, a weird compliment? It must be a Tavarin thing. It has to be. I think so too. Yeah, because because it was it wasn't like he was giving a rousing speech. He was like, you know, good job, guys. If we have a, another one of those situations where we're in a terrible massacre, you guys are going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys Look, are ready yeah. to all die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, Lord yeah, Perrin, Fa- Golden Eyes. Fail says it's because. Basically, they just want to be servants. Oh, yeah, the lower people, they were born to serve us or something like uh, that. Yeah, it's uncomfortable <laughs> when she. But it's kind of like she's right, though, because everybody wants to be a servant to Lord Perrin. Yeah. Like, he can't, <laughs> they get mad and uncomfortable when he tries to shoe his own horse. Yeah, I, 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 I that, that strikes me as pretty weird, too. Because, I mean, like, in a way, I would think that that would be an appeal of Perrin is that despite being a leader, he's somebody right? who's, who's relatable, who, who understands their. Exactly, yeah, that, yeah, that's why they would follow Perrin. That is no. super cool. Oh, yeah, true. And the golden uh, wolf thing, that's pretty cool, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to point out this, like, not important thing. Um, he's walking around, and one of his guys, he's like, oh, yeah, this guy has a drinking problem. And he finds some, like, brandy in his saddlebags or whatever. And, of course, it's a conger, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because fuck the congers and fuck the coplins. <laughs> they are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> the scum of the earth. The one soldier's got a drinking problem. Definitely one of those. <laughs> is it? Is it? That's the only guy who has a drinking problem, or is it like he just assumes that guy has a drinking problem because he's so racist against the Congress? <laughs> that's probably it. He doesn't even really like, know that guy's name. <laughs> he's like, "You got me again, Lord per- Lord Perrin. You you poured out my liquor. I wasn't actually drinking that, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Shut up, Conger. <laughs> so Balwer offers his spy master services in a very circumspect way without actually saying that he's a spy master. <laughs> he's like, I'm offering knowledge of all these things. And then he just <laughs> lays out all of this useful information. Yeah. Here's what's going on 20 uh, miles from here. And here's what's going on over here. And I don't think you should worry about this. And by the way, Masima is in this town. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just <laughs> read the names of all the in- inns in that one town. 
I just yeah, happen to I know, know those right. things. Uh-huh. That's his explanation for how he knows. I just happen to know all the names of the end in that one town. <laughs> <laughs> and Perrin's like, oh, well, that's a pretty pretty good coincidence, I guess. That's that's really interesting. You know that. <laughs> yeah. well, I just kept guy. thinking, I was, I, I was recently watching Parks and Rec, and um, when the character says about um, Chris Pratt's character, oh, Andy, you're fine, but you're simple. <laughs> and I just kept thinking <laughs> that about Perrin. <laughs> <laughs> Perrin, you're fine, but you're simple. You're fine, but you're simple. Pretty much. Yeah, th- this guy, Ballware, is just what Perrin needs. Yeah. Right? Like, if only Ballware wasn't in on the Morghese heist or whatever's going on here, because Ballware would have sniffed that shit out immediately. Oh right! I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if Balwer's just going to tell him, and because at this point, Balwer is giving Perrin too much credit. He's like, "Oh yeah, you did that. Uh, you did that banner thing. That was like good thinking." And Perrin's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a cool banner. It was a cool a, banner. Got yeah. a bird on it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bird and a donkey on the other one. <laughs> my doggy's red. <laughs> I like red doggies, so I put one on my bag. <laughs> so, so eventually, Balwer's going to be like. You know that's Borghese, right? And parents going to be like, what? And Ballard's like, okay, we're going to have to dumb this down a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's not Borghese. She works for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. But I, I actually am pretty happy about this because I like Ballwer. Yeah, he's fun. I, I enjoy him, but I, I still don't entirely understand his motivation. Like, I understand that he's served the White Cloaks for a long time, but I don't. I, I don't know where his new loyalties are because, you know, he's been following Morghese and serving her sort of. But I, I think he just likes the game. He just likes being a spy guy and knowing things. So he's like, uh, what's the, was it Vir, Vir, uh, the one from Game of Thrones? Virian? Varys. Varys. Varys, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of so like, like Varys. Although Varys ended up having some principles. I wonder if Balwer does. I mean, like, there, there could be an element of vengeance here because they, maybe he actually had a thing for... You know, he he maybe he had some loyalty for Pedro Neal. Who, right. Yeah, uh, that would be interesting. But yeah, I, until I better understand his motives, I will not entirely trust him. But I I really enjoy his character. He's oh yeah, so, this, he's so useful. There's also so Perrin can smell these people's emotions. So in terms of you know understanding things, he has a leg up on everybody. And he That's smells right. Balwer, and like Balwer doesn't smell like a servant at all. He doesn't smell like he smells like a like a weird bird or he's like smells like determination occasionally frustration like he doesn't smell like any of the things that i'm seeing well that's weird <laughs> oh it's probably because he's an accountant or whatever i've never smelled <laughs> an accountant before <laughs> yeah oh god yeah Perrin is not not good at figuring this stuff out yeah another another interesting conversation is fail is sending uh so b- before balwar comes along Perrin crosses paths with basil gill who is being sent into the town to basically go shopping right but like mm-hmm. this is definitely a cover for her previous plan, isn't it? Yeah, with a cart, right? And some of the the chafail with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so she's asking all these questions about, hey, if you get a cart out of there, you probably can. so this is this is her continuing her plot, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. So Perrin visits the various camps. Uh, I like this stuff. I think Robert Jordan's description of fantasy military stuff is always on point. Yeah, he, he. I think he's got a. Uh, he's a, he was a historian, right? Like he's got a lot of. He's probably done a lot of reading in this. Yeah. Area, military history and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all the the people in the camps cheer him because he's so amazing. Yeah, and then he and goes. Fo- he's walking around the camps, right? And like everyone's following him because they're looking for him to, you know, be pointing out problems. And he's just like stalling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like right. I don't really want to go talk to the uh, the wise ones because they're jerks. 
So I'm just going to walk around these camps a little bit. I wish they'd stop following me. <laughs> right, yeah. All the Mayaners are like shaping up and their sergeants are forming up all of the, the soldiers and stuff for the inspection. And he's just like, wow, this is a real professional camp here. This is way better than our two river stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah, you guys have like order and like your your tents are laid out and all this. And, but uh, yeah. So Perrin is going to the wise ones because he wants to talk to them about their mistreatment of the Aes Sedai. And uh, the, the, he has a meeting with the wise ones where they tell him to butt out because the Aes Sedai are their apprentices now. I didn't remember that. Yeah. I didn't realize I, they were apprentices. Yeah, I don't I, I, I don't remember enough about what Rand said, but it must be like an, a loose interpretation that the Aiel are going with. Like he must have said something that they're able to say, OK, well, we'll just make them apprentices. And that kind of covers covers our bases as far as like the our, way our hierarchy works. And right, so yeah. they I fit guess they're right into our structure. The, <laughs> right, exactly. So they get all these uh, tangential benefits, question mark, if you call them that. <laughs> They don't, they can't be murdered, but you know, also they get beaten a lot. So yeah, it seems awful. Like, I mean, the, the apprentice thing kind of explains it. I was wondering why they're torturing the Aes Sedai so much, but, but I guess, I guess the Aes Sedai how they treat go, apprentices. It's interesting because they, they even say once five, was it five wise ones say that they're ready, then, then they're good to go. Like what's going to happen to these Aes Sedai who become wise ones, like the same way that, uh, what was it, uh, Egwene did, right? Yeah, what does that even mean? It's it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. So the wise ones want Masima dead because they had dreams. Yeah. And Perrin doesn't take it very seriously, but I think we should because, you know, the dreams are legit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, they're they're trying to convince Perrin that Masima's, like, on the way out or that he needs to go. And I'm, I think they're right, honestly. Like, he... Whatever he claims to be, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I stand by the dragon. I'm, I'm the speaker for the dragon or whatever. He's definitely going to be a problem. Like, I, I can't see him meeting Perrin and being like, well, well, the dragon told me to stop. I guess I'm going to stop. That seems that seems pretty <laughs> unlikely, right? Perrin doesn't mm-hmm. seem like the right person to go after him to me. Yeah. I know I, that, I, he, I that it... he's thorough and he's loyal, but I don't think he's I don't understand why it's Perrin. I think it might be a lack of options, honestly. Like, yeah. Rand talks about how he has so few people he can trust now. Yeah. And I think that he, he like, who else does Rand think he can send on a job like this, right? Yeah, maybe, I don't know if they said this, but maybe Perrin is more likely to carry weight with Masima because he's Rand's bro. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, because I remember they say that about Nynaeve, that like, that's how Nynaeve managed to not get herself killed when she met with him. Right, yeah. Although it still didn't go very well. (laughs) Like Perrin is good if you want to uh, hammer some stuff on a forge or kill a whole lot of people or... Inspire some peasantry. Yeah. He inspires peasantry, you know. He does that. He's a good recruiter, I would say. Like, send Perrin to a place where you want to, like, bring in a bunch of, like, small folk to join your dragon army, right? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Uh, Chop a bunch of Trollocs into a huge pile of Trolloc meat and then have sex on top of it. <laughs> that's Perrin's guy. Like, yeah, that, that's his deal. That was his. Uh, into it. That was his uh, losing his virginity story, right? <laughs> I, I do believe that is. is. Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot. You're right. Best first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can only oh, get okay. it up if I'm having sex on a trollic corpse, though. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? Like you, you get you develop some weird kinks if you start off that way. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> could you wear a? Could you wear like an animal mask? I'm sorry, it's nothing. It's not weird. I just have a thing for trollics. Yeah, I, I'm in the mood. Why, why don't you get the hooves on? <laughs> 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 but 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 in Rand's defense, he didn't send Perrin alone, right? So maybe Rand, maybe Perrin is just like the the central dude. Berylaine is the one who's supposed to solve this problem for real, maybe. That makes more sense. Berylaine is a lot more wily, and they're going to need somebody very wily to deal with Masima. Also, I, feel I, like- I think maybe Rand does not understand what's going on with Masima. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. He has... he. As as much as he probably should, because at this point it's been happening long enough that you know eyes and ears should have picked this up. He probably doesn't have much information about how bad this has gotten. When Perrin finds the guys cutting off people's ears, he was surprised to hear about it. He hadn't heard anything about this, so I think it's safe to assume that Rand doesn't know this, whether by you know willful ignorance or not. Rand doesn't know what he sent Perrin into. Yeah, makes sense. But uh, either way, I I don't know how Perrin's going to deal with this because they're all telling him to kill Masima and Perrin should definitely kill Masima. But he's like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a good idea to kill this I, guy. I don't know. Like, well, killing him, I don't think is the, the worst idea in the world. But also an army of lunatics might be a useful thing to have. If, for instance, you're going to war against the Shanchen and you need a bunch of cannon fodder. You no, know, that's a good point. And, and I think that w- it, they've mentioned that one of the Aes Sedai thinks that they should, quote-unquote, put a leash on Masima, which is maybe not a bad plan if if maybe a little un, uh, unrealistic. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you leash someone like Masima at where he is now, right? Like, if you caught him early, maybe, but at this point, he's the... Right, right. the he's a total you know. zealot. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, my takeaway from this chapter is I hate the wise ones. They're such assholes. Yeah, they're really obnoxious. Like they, yeah. they say, you have to kill Masima. And he's like, but that's against my orders. And they say, it doesn't matter. We told you, you have to do it. And he says, why? And he says, because we told you, you have to do it. And like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're used to people doing exactly what they say. All Like in the Aiel society, they, they have this like deified role where nobody's allowed to kill them and they can do whatever they want, whatever. And clearly they have not twigged to the fact that they're not, <laughs> they're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. And, and, and he tells them like, you guys obviously torturing these Aes Sedai in ways where their screams can be heard by my soldiers is is making them valueless for my diplomacy, right? He doesn't say yeah. it in those words, right? But he does say that, and they're like, we don't care. This is what we do. It's like, well, you guys are useless then. Why are you even here? In fact, Perrin says that, right? Like, I think he says something like, if they're going to act this way, then I'm car- then bringing them along for nothing. I think he says something along those lines. Yeah. Which is kind of, I mean, like, at least they're good for, you know, making spinning wheels of fire above the heads of your enemies. So maybe that'll be a, a yeah. thing later. Yeah, like that. that's that's something, right? I mean, they, they don't have any oaths. They can kill all they want. But the Ashaman are better at that. Uh, on the other hand, in their favors, they do not appear to have any plans to kidnap unrelated royalty. <laughs> that, that's true. So among the, the people who are on Perrin's side, they're like above, they're ahead in that way, right? <laughs> right, yeah. God, I, I I don't know what file is up to. You're probably right, Jeff, but it's such a bad idea. Yeah, it, it can't be that unless it is, right? It is. <laughs> unless that's exactly what it is. Who knows? You know, there, there doesn't seem to be as much recap in this book. Mm-hmm. It, it's there, but it's it's actually kind of what I was hoping it would be in the previous books where he's like, and then I looked over at my wife, who's Chaldean royalty, which, you know, he didn't have any reason to think that. He's just thinking that because... 
we we get a reminder of who she is and then that's it you know yeah yeah no that's a good point like, like that's a complaint we've had over uh, uh on some of these previous books where they spend like 250 pages on recap stuff you know yeah and i yeah. think yeah. did they even do that at all in this book so far not nothing no i feel like they mind. yeah he must there must be a new editor or something or i don't know what it was but it's been yeah moving a lot more quickly yeah i, I think they probably you know their financial incentives changed because the books were selling really well and they they knew there was a built-in market and they didn't feel like they had to support the readers who were just picking this book up as the first book they read. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and at this point, they're eight books in, so it's probably less and less likely that this is going to be the first book you're going to read, right? Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 10 through 13 of Path of Daggers. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter or Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Mike Sparkman. I don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. And if you send us a question, we might answer it on air. We're going to start doing that in future episodes. Yeah, so please send us your questions. Uh, and please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, 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 light